You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. Fuck your couch, nigga. <laughs> Buy another one, you rich motherfucker. Fuck your couch, nigga. Fuck your couch. Darknesses, darknesses. Yup, that's Betsy DeVos for you. She's like, she's she's Rick James in the American people who actually care about public education. They're Charlie Murphy. Like, she is the queen at habitual line stepping. She knows without a shadow of a doubt that people detest her. They can't stand her guts. But you know what? Good old Betsy gotta give her credit. She definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, keeps that consistency and carries that same energy when it comes to cutting your kid's public education. Why would I even put it on another scale? I mean, she's the lowest of the low. She, this past week, had the audacity to defend her proposal of trying to cut special education funding for the Special Olympics. Like, it takes a special kind of monster who wants to cut Special Olympics funding, gotta give her credit for that. She's like a villain, right? She's like this weird succubus who just comes in and sucks out all your energy and your soul. Like, that's just who she is. She's just dirty to her core. She's a billionaire, a billionaire who only cares about charter schools. She only cares about private schools. She wants to privatize the whole system if she had her way. She doesn't care about public education because she she's rich. Why would she care about public education? So, you know, she is the lowest of low. And the only reason why she had to kind of walk back her proposal of cutting nearly, you know, $18 million, I would think it was about $17.6 million, away from the Special Olympics. The only reason why she did that is because the monster, the orange monster himself, had to come in and say, hey, 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 you know, uh, you got to kind of walk that back. I want to, wink, wink, I'd love for you to cut this, but you know, I can't do it because a lot of Republicans have people who are, you know, dealing with you know, disabilities and, 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 and those types of things. A lot of people do around the country. You know, a lot of people have relatives or children that are dealing with some, you know, some, you know, disabilities. And, you know, he had to walk that back and have her kind of scale back on those cuts. But it's just crazy that she would even consider that in this fake attempt of Republicans to care about the budget. You guys don't give a shit about the budget. We've seen yet what you care about the budget when you gave a bunch of tax cuts to the rich last year. You blew a $2 trillion hole in our deficit by giving tax cuts to the rich. So what now? What now? Oh, somebody has to pay for it. So let's, you know, cut around the edges. Let's cut Medicaid. Let's cut Medicare. Let's cut Social Security. Let's take away 17 million dollars away from special olympics even though that that's a spit in a barrel when it comes to you know money in this country so you know spare me with all the crap about fiscal responsibility because republicans don't give a shit about fiscal responsibility they only care about it when it comes to cutting entitlements i don't even like to say entitlements not entitlements excuse me uh 
social programs. They only care about cutting social programs. They only care about taking away things from you and your family, things that actually help you get by day to day. That's all they care about. Cutting stuff for you and helping out their rich friends. So Betsy DeVos is just a disgusting human being and she deserves every bit of heat and shade that comes her way. Speaking of the orange clown in chief, there was a breaking story from the Hill that said that the orange clown in chief will be cutting off foreign aid for El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Obviously, these are all South American countries. Everything that's south below the border of Mexico, uh, and it carries on his usual hatred towards brown people. So it's really weird to me. Just like I tweeted out um, this, I tweeted out after I heard this breaking story from the Hill, I tweeted out, okay, so if we're to believe this is for fiscal responsibility, then why not keep that same energy and cut Israel foreign aid? We pay them $3.8 billion a year, and that's just for bolstering their military. Our bias is gross. So this is why I tweeted out after I uh, read that headline going across the hill on Twitter. It's obvious. The president is a racist. He hates brown people, but he loves him some Israel. And Israel is a right-wing, you know, hub. That's really what it is. It's a right-wing oriented government. And they kind of go hand in hand. Israel right now is like the little brother to the United States. And the rest of the world knows this. They get the most foreign aid from our country. It's not even close. And every time we hear these types of stories, it just, you know, it just proves the bias we have for Israel. Because Israel, people of Israel look kind of like us. And I don't mean us like us brown people in the United States. I'm talking about us white folks in the United States of America. So the correlation is not the same when it comes to those poor people down in South America. Um, they need the foreign aid. Bottom line, they need the foreign aid a lot more than Israel needs the foreign aid. And the fact that we give them $3.8 billion a year that's just only predicated for funding their war machine and their destruction against Middle Eastern countries like Palestine, it's disgusting. And it's just, it's a gross, you know, abuse of power. And it's just something that we have to fix in the next election. We got to change this hatred and get it out and eradicate it away from our uh, form of politics. It just has to go. Speaking of what we need to change in this country, we need to change how we treat our fellow man and woman. What I mean by that is we don't, seem to always have the best intentions when it comes to our neighbors and how we care for people in general. Like our humanity lately has been completely non-existent. I mean, there was videos circling around with this, this idiot on one of the subways in New York City just kicking a homeless woman in the face for no reason. And then you had these idiots recording him doing it instead of stepping in and helping out the homeless woman. You know, that's where our humanity is. It, there, it's, we, it doesn't exist anymore. Our empathy is seemingly gone in most situations. But the documentary that I um, want to talk about is, you know, One Nation Under Stress. This is kind of spurring this whole conversation <laughs> that I'm having with you guys. And I wanted to kind of 
you know, just give my two cents on what I watched. And I thought it was really educational as far as how much stress is really, really impacting us as a society, how it's, you know, one of the key factors to why we've been having an increase in suicide and the suicide rate. Um, I watched this documentary. It's called One Nation Under Stress. It was put together by, uh, you know, the famous doctor on CNN, Sanjay Gupta. And he basically just went, you know, traveled through the Rust Belt, you know, places in Pennsylvania where they were major steel cities. And they used to just produce so much steel, you know, twice as much steel, you know, around the globe combined or whatever. And they basically talked about how, you know, the key deterrent, the key factor to why people are basically killing each other is is stress. It's a lot of economic stress. It's people who have lost their jobs and, you know, these these once vibrant towns who were used to having 20, you know, jobs for 20 to 30 years doing the same thing and having that job passed on to their next relative or sibling is gone. Those jobs are gone. They packed up, went overseas, or just shut down in general. And because of that, there's so much angst. There's so much stress because, you know, a lot of people still have to put food on their tables. And, you know, he he detailed a lot of different stories. He detailed how people are going through that, what they go through from a day-to-day basis and how they go about coping with it. And this kind of led into the pharmaceutical problem and how people are self-medicating each other and how they also are using pharmaceuticals like oxycodone and all these other things. Obviously, we have a big drug epidemic in the country. I've mentioned this before on this podcast in this this um, doc, docu-series on HBO, you guys should check it out, is highlighted that as well, that, you know, opioids is just completely wiping out a ton of people because these people feel all of these angst, all this social anxiety because of all the things that are happening around them or not happening around them when it comes to, you know, providing for their families, etc. So he mentioned how the suicide rate has gone up, how whites are actually, you know, having a lower life expectancy because of you know, these factors because of stress. And, you know, they started to go into other details about stress and how it impacts the brain and all of these other educational things that are very, um, you know, eye-opening for people like me who work nine to five. And I know some of you guys out there work nine to five as well. And, you know, they, they tried to, you know, mention why we suffer from stress. You know, what are the indicators? What are the Uh, potential deterrents that can help us against stress and all of these things. But also, you know, there were a lot of, you know, really, really good, um, you know, informational tidbits that I picked up from watching the whole entire documentary. And, you know, there was a quote that I want to pull up right now that I thought that was really helpful to understanding or, you know, basically where we are as a society, as a culture. And, And that quote was, empathy goes down when you're stressed. This is what Sanjay Gupta say. Empathy goes down when you're stressed. And you you have to think about it. That that it's a very simple quote, but it has a lot of different uh meanings to it and it, it's very nuanced if you kind of dissect it and take it apart. Um what I instantly thought about when he said that quote, I thought about a lot of Fox News viewers who, you know, people who tune in at home and watch Fox News. And Fox News knows that all the hate mongering that they do preys on 
those who are stressed. So when you are stressed, you lack the empathy and you don't think about like, you know, immigrants being detained at the border or kids, you know, being taken away from their parents and things of that nature because you're so stressed out about your day-to-day life, you could care less about what's going on with someone else's life. So Fox News preys on those people, <laughs> those that are stressed. So I just thought that was really interesting and how all of that kind of worked itself out. And how stress is just such a big um, problem that we all have to deal with in some uh, in some facet because you know we have it's our responsibility in this generation obviously to take care of things and, and make sure that we still you know keep our humanity and pass on all the good things and all the good deeds that we've done to the next generation below us and et cetera et cetera down you know, to the next generation and to the next generation. So I just thought it was real interesting. I just wanted to shed some light on that. Y'all got to check it out. HBO, you know, I'm not shouting them out. I'm not, they're not a sponsor, but I think it's really good if you like docu-series or documentaries. Um, It's uh, One Nation Under Stress. Check it out. So check this out. A story came out from the New York Post about Christoph Przingis, a.k.a. the Unicorn, and former New York Knick, uh, you know, superstar, in the middle of a probe by the NYPD on rape allegations. So this was late night developing, and it's been all over the social media uh, and all over the Twitter sphere. Um, obviously, because this is so much heat, Christoph Przingis' lawyer came out with a statement. Let me just read this statement right quick. He said, We are aware of the complaint that was made against Mr. Przingis on Friday and unequivocally deny the allegations. We made a formal uh, referral to federal law enforcement on December 20th, 2018. Based on the accuser's extortionate demands, we also alerted the National Basketball Association months ago, and they are aware of the ongoing investigation of the accuser by federal law enforcement. We cannot comment further on an ongoing federal investigation. Please refer any questions to the Federal Bureau of Investigation or the National Basketball Association. So there you have it, folks. Now, you know, I cut a YouTube video saying, you know, how dumb the trade was between the Knicks It basically essentially sending off Przingis to the Mavs in a, in, a, in a red bow, basically, at their doorsteps, at Mark Cuban's doorstep. Now things are starting to kind of uh, make a little more sense and start to, you know, see, you know, I see the light a little bit more. So maybe, you know, the Knicks was a little concerned about these allegations and say, hey, we already got enough things going on with our knucklehead owner and, and you know, everything else that we have going on far as our own, you know, uh, system in place as far as how we treat our employees at MSG, how all these other things, all these other controversial elements that are going on constantly in New York City. So maybe they just wanted to wash their hands of the whole Przingis situation and, and not, you know, stir up more controversy or not have any more negative publicity. So maybe this is why they pretty much just gave him away to the Dallas Mavericks. However, I will say this. Mark Cuban has been under enough pressure himself far as his work discrimination and far as he, you know, having guys working underneath him that are just treating women really, really bad far as sexual harassment and things of that nature. So he can't afford to have another smudge on his resume as a person that's in charge. So that's just, God forbid, Porzingis gets guilty of these charges or he at least, at the very least, 
gets, you know, disciplined by the NBA, that's going to be another black stain on Mark Cuban's resume. Because, you know, this is something that you have to take seriously. This is something that the NFL has been trying to take seriously, even though they are the worst example of doing things right. But this has been the focus, and that's, you know, treating women right and making sure that you don't have guys in the NBA that are, you know, sexually harassing or even worse, raping women on the side when it's all off season. So we'll see how this all plays out. Uh, the lawyer seems kind of confident that this is just some, you know, extortion attempt. Uh, we don't know. I don't know. But this is definitely not good news for the Dallas Mavericks as they try to incorporate Christoph Porzingis in their rotation next season. This year's March Madness has lived up to the name. March Madness. A bunch of teams that were favorites heading into this tournament are no longer around, man. Including the team that I picked in my own bracket at work, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yes, they've been eliminated. They was knocked out. They was blown off the floor by Auburn, of all teams. Auburn took them out. Now, Auburn is vying for their shot at making the Final Four. And it's crazy, man, because you got Auburn. They they took out North Carolina. And then another team in Tennessee, they lost to Purdue. Tennessee was also a team that was on a high on a lot of people's list. And they got knocked. And then you got, um, let me see here. I'm looking at this bracket right now. Then you got uh, Gonzaga. So that one surprised me. Gonzaga lost to Texas Tech. Texas Tech. So just to encapsulate how much of a disaster my March Madness bracket was, I had Gonzaga versus North Carolina in the finals. And I had North Carolina winning over Gonzaga. None of that is happening, obviously, because of both of the teams uh, making an exit before the Final Four. So as far as teams that people love, as far as teams especially that the media love, they're up in the Elite Eight. So you have Kentucky left over and you have Duke. And you have Michigan State. So the Duke and Michigan State game is going to be really big. A lot of people are probably going to tune into that. A lot of people have picked Duke to win this whole thing. So Duke doesn't make it to the Final Four. That would probably be very, very uh, disappointing to a lot of y'all out there who had Duke winning it all in your March Madness bracket. But on the flip side, you'll have Tom Izzo in the Final Four. And we all know how much... Tom Izzo wants to win another national championship. It's been eons since he's won a national championship. He needs this national championship to validate his career as one of the greatest college coaches of all time. So it's going to be a very interesting game, Duke and Michigan State. Um, I'm not really going to pick anybody. I just want to enjoy it and see how it all unfolds. But other than that, you got Auburn. They're going to be going up against Kentucky, or they're, they're going to be playing Kentucky. They're probably playing them right now as I'm speaking. And we'll see how that works out. Um, if Auburn can beats Kentucky, man, that will be nuts. I mean, you, that'll be a number one that they knocked off and now a number two that they knocked off if Auburn be, uh, is successful. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. And, you know, the winner of that game is going to be um, uh, Virginia is waiting for the winner of that game. So right now you got Texas Tech and you got Virginia in the Final Four. I mean, that's nuts. I mean, Virginia, to be fair to them, they are a number one seed in their region. They've been a number one seed throughout the tournament, and they held true. 
And now they're in the Final Four. So we'll see if their opponent is going to be Kentucky or Auburn. But Texas Tech surprised me. It definitely surprised me. And to see them, you know, in the Final Four with an opportunity to win it all is is, is definitely um, a shocker. But that's what March Madness is all about. And it's one of the reasons why I hate being a part of this bracket every year. I usually avoid the bracket like the plague, man, because... It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's it, you're, you're better off buying a lotto ticket or, or buying a scratch off than, you know, wasting your time and energy filling out one of these things. Because there's it's so unpredictable. You can't predict a damn thing that happens in this tournament. And yeah, of course, as a viewer, as a fan, it's one of the reasons why people love it so much. It's one of the reasons why college basketball fans love it so much. It's because of the unpredictableness of it. But gamblers, <laughs> if you're a gambler, you, you, you shouldn't touch this thing. You shouldn't be nowhere near this thing because it is really that unpredictable. And once again... I came up short on the short end. And the worst thing is for me, I hate getting involved in stuff that I normally don't get involved with stuff. And then I talk myself out of it and say, hey, Charles, let's try it. Let's try it this year. You know, you're going to have a little fun. Let's put a little cash down and let's try it this year. Maybe, just maybe, you can have a respectable ending to your bracket. Didn't happen this year. But it was fun while it lasted, I guess. Anyway, we'll see what happens with the with the tournament and how that ends. And we'll have a champ before you know it. That's all I got for this episode. This is the Voice Junkie Podcast. Don't forget, check us out. Any platform that you like to listen to podcasts, whether it's Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course our home over at anchor.com FM slash Voice Junkie. Check us out. Support the podcast. Hit the little support button if you want. Give us a dollar a month. That always helps. Till next time, people. Thanks for listening. Peace.